So welcome to this week's of episode of uh, Crap No One Tells You. Uh, with me today is a special guest, uh, Jess from uh, Third Eye Hypnosis and Beyond. And uh, I have to admit, hypnotherapy and hypnosis has always been like a hobby of mine. So I was really excited when you said you would come in. So thank you for coming in. Fantastic. Thank you, Gummy. It's great to be here. So um, let's start with a basic question. Sure. What is some crap no one tells you about hypnosis or hypnotherapy? Hmm. I would say the biggest is that you're in control. Most people that I see in my office for consultation, I have to explain some of the basics of what hypnosis is and isn't. And I start out by telling them that it's not all zombies and pocket watches. And that's typically what people, you know, know. That's their reference point. Or they went to, you know, a comedy show or something and saw people do goofy stuff on stage. So it's a 100% consent state. That's what people should know. They can move around in hypnosis. They can uh, pull up the blanket if the air is a little cool. They can call for sneeze, hopefully away from the hypnotist. Um, they can scratch, although it's going to be a lot slower than that. I tell people it's going to be like really in slow motion because you're going to be so relaxed. It's like, do I even want to scratch? Maybe not. But yeah, you're in control. You're not locked in like zombies and pocket watches. And it's not truth control either. It's not true serum, you know? Well, one of the things that uh, kind of surprised me and I've heard people mention is is that their perception of time becomes yes. weird. Right? Like people think, oh, well, I was I was under for an hour. And you're like, no, that was eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I, I, I still uh, am surprised by that. Uh, it's It's very neat. So I had a client back when I first started 10 or 11 years ago, I was living over by Lake Nakamixon in Haycock on the edge of Quaker town and really tucked back there, real nice setting. And this woman comes in for smoking cessation and we do the session. And back then I would actually use a stopwatch on the iPhone to show them that time distortion afterwards. Hey, how long do you think you were under? Oh, and like you said, it'd be like five, 10 minutes. It's like, no, 34 minutes, you know? So they're like, no way, you know, it's, it's wild. And it's like, they just had a really great cat nap too. They're just super energized and sharp and focused. But this woman, I finished her session for smoking cessation, five eyes open, wide awake. She comes out of it. And I said, how do you feel? And she looks at me, didn't miss a beat. She goes, I feel good, but don't you think we should start the session now? <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, because I was only a dozen or two sessions in at the time with this whole hypnosis thing. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> uh, this is that synambulist that right. they tell us about. She went boom, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, we can start in a minute or two, but how do you feel? She goes, I feel good. What do you think if I ask you to think about having a cigarette? I don't want one. I'm a non-smoker. I go, exactly. We're done. I show her the phone, 34 minutes, and she's blown away. She's like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, have a good day. You know, here's your tools. Boom. Right. So it's it's a funny phenomenon. Yeah. So that brings up an interesting uh, topic is a lot of people think that, you know, hypnosis, hypnotherapy is all, you know, fun and games and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys help people deal with a ton of issues, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so what are some, like, prime examples, well, both <clears throat> now and in the past that yeah, yeah. help people deal with? Because I, I know things have changed for a lot of people. Oh, big time. Years, right? Big time, yeah. So if you asked me this question, you know, two, three years ago, 
the lion's share of my practice would be smoking cessation. I've done a ton of smoking cessation. I love the work because it gets people healthy. They're able to quit in a very quick amount of time and get the tools to carry on and do the work and not go back to that temptation. Also vaping, vaping, chewing tobacco. I worked with my son for chewing tobacco. He was hooked from baseball days. Um, fears and phobias, weight release, things of that nature. Last couple of years, however, business has doubled and I'm seeing a ton of people for stress, anxiety, panic attacks, PTSD, insomnia. I had a client a couple of months ago, uh, psychogenic vomiting, uh, nail biting, picking at fingertips and cuticles, all kind of nervous conditions and thoughts and feelings and emotions that have been spun up and exacerbated by the pressure of the last couple of years and what people have dealt with. I call it the snow globe effect. It's like your snow globe is sitting there. It's nice and calm. The snow is all steadily and somebody comes and shakes it up. And that's what happened to these people's lives, unfortunately. And typically, you know, the, uh, the mainstream health system, they do a good job. A lot of them have great intentions in mind, but to just medicate people and put them in the talk therapy, it's not working for them. And they're at their wits end and they just want help. And I'm glad to do it. It's pushed me to, you know, bring my game up and um, work with a lot of newer things. And I'm, again, just grateful and fortunate that I can be there for them. Yes. So I'm lucky enough that I've known that do what you do before you. Um, I even took a couple of classes just to kind of, I wanted to know more about it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I noticed was I, I had a handful of friends that have had some issues in their life. Um, a lot of them had tried like traditional therapy, go in, talk to someone, mm -hmm. work through things. And I mean, one of them did that for probably two or three years and progress was moving at like a snail's pace. Then he went in and I know he did, um, some, some sessions with a hypnotherapist. And I want to say maybe like three or four sessions in, it was like, I was meeting with a different person. Exactly. Like it was, it was just, and it kind of made me think like, is there really that drastic of a difference between traditional talking therapy and, you know, hypnotherapy? Because there are two very different approaches. Absolutely. Dealing with the same problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. First of all, I am not bashing an industry. There are some very talented psychologists and psychiatrists out there that do phenomenal work. They help people. But right now, they're really overworked. There's not enough of them out there. My clients are telling me they're asking them to come a month or two out. These people have problems and challenges now. They're not sleeping. That exacerbates it. They have all kinds of problems. So what I found, and I show clients a study when they come in for the complimentary consultation, the one study talks about psychoanalysis, basically talk therapy, 600 sessions for a 38% success rate. That to me is a horrible ROI. Behavioral therapy, like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, 22 sessions, 72%. I like that, much better numbers. Hypnotherapy, six sessions, 93%. That's huge. Right. Now, the reason for this is these people's problems, or I like to call them challenges, are deeply coded, like in a computer program. 
So if your laptop, your desktop, whatever had a virus, you wouldn't dump all that data and sit there for weeks or months, even if you knew how to write code and reprogram it, right? You would use the Norton or McAfee disk. So that's what I do. I get into there to the subconscious and help them make those changes on a quicker level. Talk therapy, you're there sitting on that couch, semi-reclined, whatever. You know what's happening, right? So you're thinking about, am I here again? How many sessions am I in? Am I going to get that magical tool today to do some work? My stomach's grumbling. I got to hit Chick-fil-A on the way home. (laughs) My car needs a repair. The house, this and that. You're so busy in mid to high beta brain waves. Just busy, chat, chat, chat going. Where the problem or the solution, like we talked about a minute or two ago, is coded like bad code in the subconscious. So I guide my clients into that lower brainwave state, alpha and sometimes theta, where we're able to make quicker changes. The subconscious is open to positive suggestions like a sponge, and we go in and make that change. So I found that it's much better. I actually had a young woman years ago. She was seeing two different talk therapists every week for two years. Mm -hmm. She said, I got more out of a handful of sessions with you than all that combined. And that's why. And part of that is that during, when you're in the hypnotic state, a lot of that brain that interferes with actual progress and things is basically shut off and you get to work with the area that actually will make a change almost immediately. Exactly. The critical factor, fancy word for the conscious mind, which is just a filter. It filters out as noticing everything. Chaz crossed his legs again. Gummy put the mug down. The shadows shifted over there. The air right. condition turned There's on. There's birds weeding in the There's back. There's birds weeding. It's just so much. If we noticed all that, we would just go bonkers. So that critical factor conscious mind filters all that out. Plus it executes the commands of the subconscious mind. The subconscious is a big boss. It controls 95% of our lives. It's like sitting in a lazy boy chair with a remote control of our lives, laughing at the conscious mind because it thinks it's in right. control. So actually, um, just remembered as you're talking about this, um, it's a book I read years ago called The Inner Game of Tennis. Oh, okay. Where he says, <clears throat> he talks about that specific, that once athletes train the subconscious mind, right? Like when they play tennis, it is not your conscious mind hitting the ball. It's the mechanics of the subconscious. And he's like, when these athletes go through major issues, mm-hmm. it's because of the 5% conscious mind trying to interfere. The yep. <laughs> yep. So, and to me, that was always a fascinating thing as I was reading about this and studying right. this is how much the subconscious mind really controls. Oh, huge. It's pretty much everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that brings up another interesting question for me is, does hypnotherapy work for everybody? Like, no, but <laughs> most people, yes. So most people that want to be hypnotized can be. It's again, it's a 100% consent state. We may have mentioned that earlier. I don't know if we were on yet or not, but it's a 100% consent state. You know what's going on the mm-hmm. whole time. But three groups of people cannot be hypnotized. The first is children six and under because they don't have the attention span, the focus to follow what I'm saying long enough to go into trance, which is a gateway into hypnosis. Right. And they really don't need it. Two would be those under the influence of drugs or alcohol at the time of the session. Mm -hmm. Although if you had a couple glasses of beer or wine, little magic cosmic puff puff, 
it may relax you enough to go into trance. I don't supply any of that. <laughs> I have binaural beats, much safer and healthier. Um, but there's a point where people have had too much to drink or drug or party, and they're just like, yeah, bring a rock and roll party. Again, no focus, no attention. So is that no hypnosis? Judging off the same parts of the brain, just in a different way? Is that why they can't be like... It's because there's no focus. Right. Because I need the, the client to be able to... It's like a guided meditation. Okay. I need them to pay attention long enough to what I'm saying in the first three to five minutes to be able to relax and let their guard down and do that boilerplate, that bird you don't hear, that coffee cup, that other tenant, and again, and focus all the attention what I'm saying so that we can take that critical factor, that conscious mind, and put it offline. Put it at the beach, the mountains, the lake, wherever's your happy place to address the subconscious. So, yes. So, we're the third. Third would be EDIs, emotionally disturbed individuals, people that are under such heavy psychotropic drugs, they're probably in an institution somewhere. Yep. Um, I work with clients all the time that are on various forms of prescription medications. Some even get off those medications through the work that we do together with the help of their doctor. Right. Um, I don't prescribe or unprescribe. I'm not a medical professional, so they work with their medical professional on that end. But especially high blood pressure. Even my mom back in the day, rest her soul, got her off high blood med uh, meds completely. And that was with hip by with hypnotherapy. And that was being caused by what was going on in her head. Yeah, it all is. 95% of our stuff, it's the way we re react to stuff, you know. Disease is dis-ease. We're not at ease. We're not relaxed. We're stressed up and wound up and triggered. So, and nah. so once you have someone in a hypnotic state, how do you get to the root of the problem? Like, how do you help someone work through whatever is ultimately the root cause, right? Because sure. we're assuming there's something like there's a pebble in the right. road. How do we find the pebble? Exactly. So <clears throat> a lot of therapists believe that you need to get the client to the ISE, the initial sensitizing event. We need to find out when, you know, Steve was seven years old that this happened and that's what caused this or that. No, not really. Subconscious is smarter than all of this. Through consultation, intake paperwork, uh, another discussion, I take everything and I narrow it down to a cliff note size piece of paper. And I write on that piece of paper what this client's challenges are. Stress, anxiety, panic attacks, when was the last one, insomnia, whatever's going on, what particular time of day, any possible triggers. I get a snapshot and then on the bottom of the piece of the paper, what they want to bring in on the other side of that. Because once they release that in a quick and powerful way, you got to put something in there. So what's the opposite of what you're dealing with, Steve? Well, I'd like to be calm, relaxed, focused, in control, sleeping better. Whatever they want minus superpowers goes on the bottom of the page. So now I have an idea what I'm working with. I guide them into hyp hypnosis in three to five minutes. I deepen the state. I do the boilerplate that we touched on earlier. Then I do that change work. So for me, again, we don't need that initial sensitizing event. It's just subconscious for the last 5, 10, 20, 40 years, whatever it's been, you've created these temporary roadblocks in Steve's highway of life, his journey, so to right. speak, that pebble in the tire, that right? Box the wagon. Exactly. Right. So you've had it, you've done your, you've had your reasons and you did a good job. I don't want to fight with the subconscious. I want to tango right. with it. So once it's addressed that way, it kind of steps down. It stands aside. It's like the doorman at the club 
that snuck around the corner for a cigarette break and we'll work with him later. Um, <laughs> and now you have access to the club. Right. So once that critical factor, that conscious mind is off to the beach, mountains, lake, wherever, I do that direct change work. Subconscious for the last five, 10, 50 years, you've caused these temporary challenges, you've had your reasons, you did a good job. Enough. Right. It's not what's best for Steve mentally, emotionally, physically, if they're spiritual, spiritual as well. What is much better is to do this instead. Release all that, bring this instead. I spin it up, I reinforce it with scripts, usually um, other tools, do some anchoring to a favorite color. So when they leave the office and they see that color, like a background running program on the phone, doesn't matter if you realize it's there or not, it's doing its job, reinforcing all that good stuff. Future pacing at the end, which is huge, having them see themselves on a little screen, like a phone or a tablet. Same situation, because life goes on, but they're handling it much different. They've been sleeping better since that first, second, third session, whatever. They're uh, using the tools of self-hypnosis or watching the videos I sent them, audiobooks, whatever the homework is or supplementing good stuff. Somebody told me, don't call it homework. It sounds heavy. <laughs> call it supplemental tools, whatever works for you. But yeah, words are powerful though. So that, that makes sense too. But uh, yeah, do the future pacing, have them see themselves in these same situations where in the past they would have struggled, now they're handling it much different. They stretch the scene, iPad to IMAX with doing that. All the great feelings, thoughts, emotions, all that good stuff gets bigger, better, bolder. They take one step forward into that future you. Absorb all that stuff. It trains Gummy, the, con the subconscious mind and the emotional body, what to expect moving forward. Night of the session, next day weeks, months, years, depending on what we're dealing with. Bring them out, give them some self-hypnosis, a bunch of other tools, see in a week. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because <clears throat> I always remember someone saying, I don't remember who said it is, everybody does the best they can with the tools that they have. Yes. So to me, this process sounds like you may have developed a tool in your arsenal, which sits in your subconscious mind, um, at age 10, 12, 14, whatever the age is, right? And teenagers aren't the most effective at coming up with what would be a re reasonable response to something. Right. Yet that sits in your subconscious mind yeah. and you've used that tool your entire life because you're not consciously using it. It's your subconscious that's using that. Yeah, it's like bad code in a computer. Right. It just so, runs. So you're basically talking about swapping out the tool saying, hey, how about we use the hammer instead of the screwdriver on this screw? Right? Exactly. Um, so people are able to really swap how they react to things without realizing that they've swapped out how they react to things until they're in the situation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's automatic through the chair work, the hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. But then the tools that they use reinforce that. So it, it's all a matter of really creating new neural net pathways in the brain. So we all have had instances where we had a bad night's sleep. We get up, we trip, spill the coffee, kick the dog. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's going to be one of those days. Flip side is good night's sleep. You get up, you're feeling like a champ. I'm going to own this day. We get what we focus on. So it's getting clients to realize that. And if they are having a struggle to not let it go the whole day to use a pattern interrupt to break those thought patterns 
and to choose new ones through power poses, through breathing exercises, binaural beats, EFT, tapping, using a tool to gravitate towards to choose a new, better, healthier path. Sounds way more complicated than it probably is. If you think it sounds there's, that way, then it sounds that way. Words. But it's, yeah, but it's not. It's not really complicated. It's just taking a couple deep breaths in session, yeah. following what I say, doing the hypnosis. You get a folder. I ask you to do some self-hypnosis for 10 or 15 minutes that night and the next morning. The following day, I send the client a bunch of videos because we don't want to overwhelm them on the first day. So if you had to share one story with me where you're like, oh my God, I can't even believe that this transformation happened with someone, uh, what would have been the issue they were dealing with and what was the transformation? Mm, so many good stories. Okay. I'm going to pick a recent one because it was something that happened in one session and we reinforce it with a couple others. There's been other great stories that took a little longer because of whatever, but the most recent one would be a gentleman in the medical profession that had been doing some really great work for 30 years. Um, as a doctor, I can say he's a doctor. I'm not giving away his name or anything, but a doctor that retired after 30 years, but for 40 years had been picking at his cuticles and fingertips so bad that he could no longer write. They were so sore he couldn't write. So he retired after 30 years as a doctor and is doing some great uh, volunteer work but has to use strictly a computer. And it got so bad, the tenderness and the soreness with the computer, that he came to me. We did one session. And after that one session, 40 years of finger picking, done. So I, I'm not sure how they're going to respond after the first session. Everybody's a little bit different. Right. He could have done great like that. He could have did it a little bit and then interrupted himself and used tools. But it was basically just a thought. He said, I almost did. And then I went, no, I don't do that anymore. It's something I used to do. And, and he distracted himself and focused on something more positive. So after the third session, you know, he told me, he said, you know, I wasn't really sure if this was going to work and all. I said, I know, doc, you're not the first doctor I've worked with, you know. And he goes, but yeah, it's really amazing. He goes, first session, done. And, you know, we did these couple more sessions and I feel great. So it, it's very rewarding and refreshing to be able to work with people in the medical field like that, that are open-minded enough to realize how powerful everyone's subconscious mind is. It's kind of like chiropractic care and acupuncture back in the day, they had that stigma, but now it's more and more open and insurance is starting to pay right. for it and all that stuff. So people are, it's good to see people are they're realizing and they're doing the research and they're seeing on forums. I get clients a lot of times that they saw something on a forum that they were looking for their challenge, whatever it was, and somebody had good experience with hypnotherapy. So they're like, I Googled, you're in my area, good reviews, here we are. Right. And that, honestly, from having dabbled in this process, which mm -hmm. is the best advice I can get to, is if you have something and you haven't been able to figure out how to deal with it, right. give it a shot. I mean, yeah. You've got nothing to lose. Two, three sessions. Either you're going to go, this is fantastic, or you're going to go, 
well, maybe this isn't for me. But either way, you have nothing to lose if it's something you've been dealing with for a long time. Exactly. And people are, are shocked at how, how quick it works. And I hear all the time, I wish I came to see you 10, 20 years. And it's like, listen, put that behind you. You're yep. here now. You went through that for a reason. Let's help you and give you some positive tools and move forward. So that is awesome. So I want to thank you for coming in. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I'm sure I'll bring you back to talk about some more stuff. But Outstanding. We will link your website, your bio, some stuff so people can actually look you up online. Love it. So thank you. Thank you, Gummy. Have a great day, everyone. Please make sure to visit our sponsor, RedKnight.com. They help small businesses with their marketing and become awesome brands that are built for success.